Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Danalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here, your host, Dan, and joining me as always is Natalie. Hi! Hey, how are you doing? Fine, thanks. How are you doing? How was your Fantasy League game week, Natalie? Fine, thanks. Yeah? Yeah? You want to tell us a little bit about, I don't know, where, where you're sitting in, in the overall rank, maybe? A little bit of how many points you got? Fine, thanks. A little bit of, oh, right. <laughs> you got fine, thanks. Yeah, I just thought it'd be funny because. Do you want me to? I feel like you want me to tell everyone my overall rank. Yeah. In the. In you, the this is our, our crowning glory right now. In the entire world, on the entire planet, I am forty one thousandth nine hundred fifteenth. Oh my goodness. From teams from game week one, I'm actually forty one thousand seven hundred twenty sixth. So I can't even remember the first number you said because it's just forty one thousand something. Just but. inside the top forty two thousand. Very nice, very nice. Well, congratulations. Thanks. You did well this game week. I did. I did very well this game week. Unfortunately, I am one point one million <laughs> at the moment, and I'm hoping to make up some serious ground in the coming. It weeks. must be quite tight that back there, though. Yeah, and, and I mean, I've still got all my chips left. I mean, as have you, uh, but I, I do think over the the coming weeks is when I'm, I'll probably start to shoot up a little bit. Do I you hope. have an aim? An aim for your final rank? I want to get to the the top hundred k. Okay. I, it's a long way to go. Yeah. But I tend to have like a really strong end to the season. Uh-huh. But no, this week um, I actually took two transfers, as you warned me against last week. And it turns out bringing in Sane and Silva for, uh, who is it, Mkhitaryan and Mane, yeah. I actually lost a net of three points. Um, you were really... I listened back to the last week's podcast this morning and you were so, so against anyone having Mkhitaryan in their team. Yeah. Well, I did get rid of him, at least. So at least I didn't mug off the listeners and, no, and lie. But, you followed through. Uh, so I brought in Silver and Sane. I was between captain and one of the two. It's either got to be one of those two or Aubameyang or Kane. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I have to celebrate that I didn't captain Kane because... I'd say he was the one I was closest to Captain yeah. other than... It meant, like, it made sense to Captain yeah. Kane in this. So. Yeah, so I ended up getting three points from my captain, or six, when mm. you double it. But David Silver came through, and I was just a little bit gutted I didn't, at that last moment, switch it and then run away from my yeah. computer. Or if you'd kept... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, I did 58, uh, which is actually, for the minus four, it ended on 54. And it could have been 57 if I had made no moves whatsoever and Captain Kane. Three point loss, but it's all good, in it? How did you do overall? The worst bit, actually, is not minus two point Ayu, yeah. who was my transfer in. It's not one point Kane, who mm. I captained. But in fact, it's that both Pickford and Pope got good points. And yeah, I and can't you can't play both. both. No, that's, <laughs> that's the worst thing about this. Like, and it's one do? of those where it's like, ah, oh, that's a bit gutting, isn't it? It's so annoying. And you also, because I'd spent quite a long time switching between the two as well. Yeah. And, you know, it wouldn't have made Well, at least you got the right one. Yeah, but like two, two points, it's not yeah. a big deal. But that, that's so annoying. Like, why couldn't I just take Van Dyke off? Yeah. And play Pickford instead? Yeah. He, we know how good he is um, outfield. Yeah, maybe we should just we should campaign for Pickford to go outfield. I mean, it might might help them a little bit. I think Who so. Knows? Uh, but no, actually, th- this was the first week that my triple up on Burnley has come through. So yes. that's part of the reason I did so well. Pope with the, the nine, yeah. Lowton and me both with six. So that was fantastic. Lovely. And I'm hoping there'll be lots more of that. But yeah, shall we uh, move on to the review of, of this previous week that we've just faced? Please. 
Righto. Okay, so we are going to start with West Ham versus Burnley. Yes. It's a nil three in favour of the Burnleys. Thank God. I didn't think they'd do it, I'll be honest. I don't know why. I just didn't. I was watching this with like a severe case of anxiety because I was so desperate for that clean sheet and we, we've come so close so many times in the, the recent weeks yeah. that West Ham, they looked really good in the first half. And Lanzini had that big chance where, where Pope made the save. I was starting to think, oh God, this is it. They're going to drop a goal in the first 45 and I'm going to... My weekend's going to be ruined. Yeah. But that was not how it went in the end, was it? No. Um, all hail Chris Wood. Because, really, a renaissance since he's returned. Yeah. And from the bench. Yeah. six Like, 6.2 million from the bench involvement in all three goals. Yeah. He scored last, last week as well <laughs> from the bench. He did. What a man. What a man. What a mighty, mighty good man. Um, yeah, I'm really hyped. I'm really hyped for the end of the season for Burnley. I think it's going to be sick. Um, Barnes as well, 5.3. What a glorious price for a glorious man. What's that? Three in a row now that he's yeah. scoring. Yeah, yeah. And Pip last week were like, yes, but he scored twice in a row. We won't do it again. Yeah, of course. The, uh... What an Egypt. <laughs> that, that shows you what he knows. Well, that's that's why he's not here today. So I think, like, basically get all of the Burnley players in. I wouldn't be averse to that. Like two, like Pope, a defender, and Barnes or Wood. You have to have Pope. Uh, yeah, so I was mentioning this before the podcast, but I heard a stat which I'm going to really poorly regurgitate to you. Sure. It's basically that Pope has the highest save percentage in the league. And also has not made any errors leading to goals, which if you compare that with Petr Cech, who's, I think it was seven errors, seven like major errors leading, Only leading seven. to goals or something. And that's that's actually quite incredible. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people are sort of fearing that Heaton's going to replace him, but I just don't see how you can replace a guy who's been so consistent and so reliable. Yeah, and Heaton coming back keeps getting pushback. Yeah. Like, originally he was meant to be back in January. Yeah. And now he's still not quite yeah. ready, so... It just makes sense, doesn't it, to just keep playing Pope until the end of the season, especially yeah. when you look at the run of fixtures they've got. I mean, this game could have gone differently if Lanzini had scored that chance and Pope hadn't saved it. Why would you mess with that? Yeah. And I do think we had that little that little wobble from Burnley, but they managed to stay in seventh. And now it just looks like with the fixtures they've got to the end of the season, yeah. they're picking up the form. Chris Wood's back, yeah. uh, Matty Lowton's back. And surely it's only a matter of time before Wood can play full games. So yeah. I assume that he's not playing full games because he's not Yeah, you'd assume so. Yet, yeah, but. but he's making decisive contributions. And yeah, like Burnley in general, I think the defence is a place to go. That's the first place you should be looking. Yeah. But after that, I, I would actually not... You know, especially with the Kane injury news coming out, provided we believe it. Shall I just get rid of Kane and get Chris Wood? That would be... Oh, imagine the money. Imagine the money you'd have. I'd upgrade Decore to, like, Sane. <laughs> and I'd upgrade... You still have loads left over. And then I'd upgrade Milivojevic to someone else. <laughs> someone good. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. And so anyway... I'd maybe even get De Gea in for lols. No, don't do that. Yeah, but if you've got the money don't to burn... Don't fine. Do it. Go I on then. I'd never play him. Yeah, you just have I him did. on the bench. Yeah! I'd literally... The arrogance. <laughs> yes. 
If you win, if you win our league, mini league, with the hair on the bench for the rest of the season, that would be great. Shall I do it? I'll do it on my wild yeah. card. <laughs> just, just, just for loves. Um, but yeah, there was. Okay, so it was a bright, bright afternoon for Burnley. They did really, really yes, well. Yes, unfortunately, overshadowed by men. Yeah, just men. Men, what they horrific do? men. Tell us what they did. I can read you what I wrote because I wrote this. Pretend you didn't write it and a... just read it out like you're you're improv it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Saga, so this is three West Ham and their fans being absolutely horrible. Um, sagas like these West Ham fans reinforce the fact that men are absolutely awful. I actually wrote abs- absolute absolute awful. awful. <laughs> Football is toxic because men that are involved in it are vile, and to be quite honest, men should be stopped. Okay. Um, but also, I was highly emotional to see Burnley players leaving the bench so that children could sit there. I don't even like children. And the, but those guys are men too. So how do you feel about those men? Are Fine. some men worse than others? Um, yes, definitely. Right, okay. Football fan men Football are fan really men. terrible. People who invade pitches and steal corner flags and <laughs> shout yes. at other football men. Like I did think the corner flag thing was quite funny. It was pretty funny. So yeah, that was uh, it was a good result for Burnley as always. Neither of these teams playing in the blank game week this week though. So. So that's why we've done them first. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on. So uh, West Brom played Leicester. And I remember talking about this one last week. And I, I was kind of of the opinion this would either be a 1-0 to Leicester. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, actually, no, they're not going to keep a clean sheet because Leicester never do. And sure as hell, they did not keep a clean sheet. They didn't, but it doesn't matter to them, does it? No, because the 2-1 prediction that I followed it up with ended up being slightly wide of the mark. But I did get the Leicester win right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, they, they tore apart West Brom after an early Salomon Rondon goal. Um, Mara's is the best move I've made this season, I think. Yeah. Apart from Nick Pike got in you, so early. Like, did you keep him when there was the, the weird transfer speculation, or did you get rid and then bring him back? I kept him for a little while, then got rid. Yeah. I think I got rid for two weeks, maybe, yeah. and then brought him back. Yeah, because this guy was like my freaking boy in his little hot patch of form. He betrayed me earlier in the season, yeah. but but yeah, he, he looked great and he was great again in in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was kind of worried that Leicester would because uh, when you were suggesting may, maybe captain him, I was thinking mm, it, yeah. on paper it seems like the right thing to do, but I can see Leicester just like failing to break them down and end up with a yeah. One, I think you saying one. that is what put me off a bit. Yeah, it's a really good uh, good finish for his goal as well, and. Vardy's goal Vardy's goal was mad yeah. can't wait to win the World Cup yeah it, it looks like these two are like re, re-finding that connection they had mm. you know a few years ago when they were on top of the world and yeah I think Mahrez is an, a must have at this point really especially as they play in the double game week in, in week 34 so yeah you, you definitely want to have him for that I think who do they play? Uh, in game week 34 Leicester have Burnley away and Arsenal at home hmm so not great fixtures, but I'd still I'd still have him because yeah. if you're gonna bench boost, like have Mares on the bench when you're boosting it. Oh, is that the week to bench boost? And then the later, I think that's a general consensus. The later double double is the the triple captain. Triple captain. Yeah, because and the reasoning behind this is just that you don't really know what rotation is going to be like on week thirty seven. Yeah. Whereas game week thirty four, a lot of people are still sort of going for you know golden boots or going for uh, getting points to. Surely Stay the golden up. boot is Salah's now. And well, if Kane is out, then it's it's his to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, Leicester, with a really, really good performance, I mean, I guess West Brom, you have to take into account that they are absolutely terrible. 
So West Brom. Yeah, but they yeah. do actually play in the the blank game week. But as as judging by your notes, I think we're probably advising you don't really get any of their players. It's not worth it, even if you're free hitting. Because so they're playing Bournemouth away mm. from home. Mm. So that's at the vital. Is it the vitality? Is that Bournemouth Stadium? Mm. Um, yeah, you'd. It's more one of those where you'd go for the players that are playing against West Brom. Yeah, I think it's like if you get a West Brom player in, it's fine. My concern would be that if they do score, hmm. you it's hard to tell where the points are going to come from. Yeah, like Rondon is probably the only one. Like, do you think? Because I, I would have gone for a like a set piece taker. Yeah. Or yeah, so Brunt makes sense in that corners and things. In that, uh, if you look at it in that light, but I just don't know, like. I don't think it's worth worrying about. There's yeah, there's no point getting a defender because although they might score from a set piece, they're a hell of a lot more likely to concede three or four. Yeah. And an attacker, I mean, Rondon I do think he'd be good if he played for a team that wasn't West Brom. Mm. He has scored some really good goals recently. But they're you just gotta look at the other options. I think they're they're such a, a high risk, low reward team to look at that it's probably not even worth thinking about. Yeah. Unless you're going on a, a, a genuinely mad one. Uh, but Bournemouth, as we just mentioned, are playing playing them at home in the next week. Or in game week 31, rather. They lost 4-1 to Spurs. They did. Which wasn't ideal. It's 4-1s all over the shop. It's just two. <laughs> I was going to say. And then last week... I'm trying we to remember how many 4-1s there were. And then the week before we had a 4-1. A well, 4-1, yeah. Maybe it's just a, a common Premier League score now. Maybe that's how we roll. Maybe. I mean, I always had a feeling that Bournemouth were going to get a little bit hammered in this game. Yes. I think they actually gave a good account of themselves, though. Stanislas brilliant. Uh, he he had a chance to score before... Uh, like, he hit the, the crossbar before he actually got his goal. He was offside, to be fair. But he looks like... For me, I think he looks like the nailed-on, like, uh, blank game week player to have. Okay. Because, uh, especially if you're free-hitting. Free uh, the problem, uh, we've spoken about him earlier in the season, like, the problem with Stanislas is he's so frequently out-injured. Right. And if you're playing a free-hit, it's the perfect time to have a player like him because you don't have to get him out in two weeks' time when he inevitably gets out-injured for the next three months or sure. whatever. You can just take that risk on him. And I actually think he could be a good sort of weird differential captain shot. Okay. If you're if you're daring to go against Salah or Does he Firmino. often do more than one thing in a game? Because um, for your captain, really, you're looking at and a goal and an assist or yeah. a clean sheet and an assist yeah. or a clean sheet and bonus. Or yeah. Do you get what I mean? So that's that's where you have the he is very much a, a risky differential because right. you're looking at West Brom being the factor there that makes yeah. you want to go for him. But no, Spurs look good. Um, Spurs look good, apart from Kane. Yeah. Who is now dead. Allegedly. So, according to the Mirror. So, yeah, I just had this up, and then Pochettino started talking. Um, so, the Mirror reckon that... But, um, yeah, the Mirror is saying that Kane is going to be out until May. Which is basically the end of the season. Yeah. So That's a shame for like Kane. Three it means... games or so means he's not going to get his golden boot unless he, you know, maybe he will. <laughs> if he gets back for the last few games of the season. Yeah. But the mirror is the only place reporting that. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't heard anything from Lord Dinner yet and that would be the guy I'd, I'd look at for reliability. Injuries this 
Yeah, this season have been pretty wild. Like Jesus worried that he's going to miss the World Cup. Yeah. And he's back in two months. Yeah. Um, you can never know how you're going to recover, yeah. I guess. So. And this this particular injury. So uh, if you didn't see it, uh, it's, I heard a funny sort of conspiracy theory on on Reddit that was basically uh, Begovic. So he oh, had Kane in his fantasy team. And he benched team, him. And he benched him. He always benches opposition players he's that he's playing, playing against, against, which makes sense. Yeah. Although it shows he's probably not very self-aware because I just keep him in anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so there was this situation where Begovic had him on his bench and, you know, maybe thought that he, he deliberately set out to injure Harry so that he couldn't get any points. Yeah. But no, it's, for, for Harry Kane, um, it's the same ankle that he's had, I think, two previous injuries in the last 18 months. Yeah. Uh, fairly long, like medium to long-term injuries. So... There's a little bit of worry over it being, you know, a, a recurring problem. So he, it looks like we're going to have to be evacuating Kane from our teams now. Which I think makes yeah, the end like, of the season very exciting. I'd, I wouldn't rush to do it though. Yeah, exactly. For, so this week, obviously you've got the blank. Like, what are you doing? Are you yeah. trying to stack up on players? Are you free hitting? Yeah. So unless you're really, really concerned about money. Yeah literally just chill yeah. with it and take time to decide who you want in instead of him yeah because Kane is so much higher priced than any other forward it's not going to be a problem to get anyone else in even if you lose money exactly even if you lose money on him because then, there is no one more expensive and it's not a problem buying him back yeah once you get rid because he'll, he's going to be the same or will have yeah. dropped already so it's it really doesn't matter yeah and I think people just need to be chill about it. Yeah. everyone seems to be freaking out and there's literally no need. Well, I'd say that there are a number of good options. Um, I'm just a bit annoyed because Aubameyang, the guy I've been quietly racking up some points with, who is also playing in the double game week against Newcastle and Leicester, he's like a, a fairly natural option at like 10 point... I think he's 10.4 now. But he's had two back-to-back nine-pointers now. And to be honest, it looks like him and Mkhitaryan are really clicking. Uh, but no, Spurs' uh, Son was the, the big scorer this week. Is Son essential? No, not really. I mean, another team that played the double game week, admittedly, uh, they faced Man City and Newcastle, both at home. So that's... So I want Son now, is what you're telling maybe, me. Maybe, maybe. I mean, where I'm looking, I'm looking at Aurier. I've been... Whew, he's, he's been dazzling me. Red card Aurier. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I have a bit of love for him. I, this is... This tends to be the way I play. Like players that I've watched over the years and really enjoyed, I like to get them in my team, especially when they're doing well. Uh, the run towards the end of the season, I think Spurs, besides Chelsea and Man City, they're basically playing a, a load of lower down teams. So I do think the defence is a good place to look. And we know that defenders and goalkeepers often do well on double game weeks. Where's Ben Davies? So he, I presume, was rested because he played a lot of football. Okay. Much to everyone's chagrin, because he he's basically done what he did earlier in the season, where everyone got him in, and we're getting really hyped because he was like the points magnet, and then Danny Rose comes in. Mm. I think he'll go back, back. into the squad, but I, we did speak about this weeks ago, and I remember saying like, if you want a Spurs player, Sanchez or Vertonghen in defence are the most reliable because they'll play every game. Yeah. Admittedly, that following week, Vertonghen so was out, injured, but it was yeah. because he was injured. Uh, but Sanchez has played every game. Aurier has, I think he's played the last four Who's in the Aurier Premier League. playing instead of? Uh, Trippier. Trippier played. So Trippier actually rose. Trippier came off the bench. 
for Aurier? Um, I don't think it was for Aurier because it must have been Rose. Did Rose get injured? I've no idea, Dan. I didn't watch the game. I All right. This. So Aurier, he's actually down to 5.9 now as well. He played 90 minutes uh-huh. and it was Danny Rose that came off in the 80th minute for Trippier. For Trippier. Okay. But I don't need Son, is what you're telling me. I think you could do you could do well from him. He's a good price, isn't he? So I do need Son. I so personally, I'm not going for him, but yeah, he'd be a good player to without have without Kane. And with this, yeah, you you kind of want someone because I think that's what I'd actually look to do is get rid of Kane, upgrade Decore to Son, and then like get Chris Wood in hmm. for Kane. Yeah, <laughs> you look very happy about yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's what I do. Yeah, uh, but what we do know is last time Kane was out injured for a prolonged period of time, Son really came to the fore and was one of the, the best yeah. scorers. And so. I guess Lamella starts then. Yeah. So well. I think Son, you'll end up seeing him playing an even more attacking role. Bearing in mind with Kane in the team, he plays a very, very attacking yeah. role. It makes him far, far more rotation-proof. And they're out of the Champions League now as well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think you can't really go wrong, wrong with him. Unless you're wanting to back people from, you know, there's a lot of good midfield options. There's yeah. Mares, there's Silva, who's returned big. There's Sane and Sterling, both both back and playing. So there's a lot of options there. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Arsenal got a win. Yay. Their first in four. And it was a 3-0 victory over Watford at home. Yeah. I suppose the most noble thing about this game was Deanie's, the narrative. Oh, Deeney is awful. Yeah. The Deeney narrative. As you have down here, Deeney is such a prick. It's true. I do not disagree. I'm so glad he, he missed the penalty. So, Mustafi scored in this one. Yeah. I probably don't have much to say about him, to be honest, because he had... He had one of those games that he has every now and then where he looks amazing. Uh-huh. And that's what Mustafi does. He did every still now get then, a yellow card, though, to be fair to him. Which is, yeah, part of the course, I guess. But the thing about Mustafi, and I'd kind of warn against him for this very reason, is that when everything is coming off for him, he looks like the best defender in the league. But that only happens once it, once the blue moon. Right. And then he'll start making ridiculous challenges and giving away penalties and missing them. And we'll be conceding goals again, so... We can get too carried away of him. But Abami and Mkhitaryan yeah. both look excellent. Um, Which is extremely contrary to what you said last week. Not so much on Abam- Abamyang. But I think definitely on Mkhitaryan. I-, I, was still, I was still fancying him because he's, you know, had a great record in the Bundesliga. Mkhitaryan I was a little bit worried about because his recent performances, performances had looked quite bad. Then he picks up a goal in the Europa League and he gets a goal and assist in the league and all of a sudden everything looks completely different and yeah. you've got this guy at 7.7 or whatever mm. looking like a, a bargain just a bargain <laughs> yeah I think the the problem is what you just said about um, whoever we were just son hmm. is that there's too many midfielders that, and yeah. who do you pick absolutely and uh, also particularly with Arsenal what we know is they'll also play game week 35 so you don't have to if you're wildcarding around this time you don't have to worry about immediately trying to get them out right. of, of your team because they're blanking the week after mm-hmm. so that's something that's really useful about Arsenal at the moment and definitely something to consider going forward Watford were very disappointing but they have been away from home as far as I'm aware in sure. the last sort of 10 weeks or whatever uh-huh. Um but Troy Deeney missing a penalty, Czech saving his first ever yeah. for Arsenal. 
it was all pretty exciting. It was all good to see to see Deeney get mugged off. But Watford do play in game week 31. They do play against Liverpool. Yeah. Is the catch. Yeah. About them playing. So And away again. Yeah, so I'd use them to fill out your team and to sit on the bench rather than Yeah. Um for anything else. Like Decore is probably the only player I'd really think about going for who I could see getting like Getting something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really fancy Liverpool for a clean sheet in this one, but I, I do think if you're going to go for any player in particular, Ducore is the best shout because he's he's not a, a, a massive goal scorer, but I think when Watford like, do do well, yeah. he's, he's got to be in and around there somewhere. Yeah, he's kind of a right place, right time guy. Yeah, yeah. But personally, I think, you know, if you're... If you're not free hitting, definitely stay away from, from yeah, Watford players. For sure. But really, it is at best you'll have one of them sitting on your bench because Liverpool at home have been relatively strong as well. Yeah. And it's probably got to be a big, big win for them. Newcastle Soton. What a game this a was. A renaissance for Newcastle. Yeah. They're back. Guess who's back? Back again. It's it's Rafa. <laughs> and Shelby <laughs> and John Joe Shelby John Joe Shelby when someone, he plays like that he's fantastic someone has given this man an actual real life kick up the ass. I think yeah I think I think Rafa went and actually kicked him yeah and was like look you do better <laughs> you naughty boy um so Shelby got two assists in this game but they are only his second and third assists all season, which yeah. is quite mad. He has done fuck all the entire season. Yeah. But from one assist in like the second... Well, it couldn't have been the second week because he got sent off in the first week. Um, <laughs> so, but like right in the first five weeks of the season, he got one assist. And now he's just got his next two. Yeah, so probably not a great option. Not a fantasy option, but just funny for narrative. How about Kennedy though? Yeah, so Kennedy has started every game since he moved from Chelsea to Newcastle. To Newcastle. <laughs> That's the one. Um, but this is only his second FPL points return. Yeah. Um, he did First one was on his debut, right? Yes. He got an assist against yeah. Burnley in his debut. But yeah, he's 4.7, which yeah. is the... Oh, that's that's like Loftus Cheek era. Is he a defender I... or a midfielder? He's a midfielder. Okay. That's a great prize for a midfielder, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah, if he can get returns. So. A midfielder who's going to have, like, Newcastle are going to have to continue playing well Yeah. for a few games. So worth saying, another team that play twice in the double game week, game week 34, unfortunately those fixtures are Arsenal at home and Tottenham away. Right. But they also play in game week 35 away against Everton. So if you want someone, again, if you're in a situation like me where you're wildcarding now and you're not, you need to have a full 11 starting in game week 35... He's definitely one to look at. And I don't think we can be expecting big returns from him, but just having someone that, that you get the benefit of the double game week and you get him playing the week after, yeah. it's really useful to have. He, he looked brilliant in this game, and I think we can't underestimate quite how bad Southampton have become. Mm. I think Rafa essentially smelt blood here and, and just tore them apart. Yeah. But it's a good confidence booster for them, and yeah, Kennedy at that bargain price, I think... Is an excellent pick. And Gale with an assist again as yeah. well. Yeah, it's what Gale. It's a really good assist. I really like that goal. I really love the first Kennedy goal as well, the one where he chests it in the air. And it's, I'd say it was pretty bad defending from Southampton, but it was a, a really flashy goal in the end. Well, and if you can keep that up, 
Bloody brilliant, I say. It's all changed for Southampton now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so they have, I guess we should mention, they've not replaced their manager, but they've sacked their manager. It's the ninth managerial sacking in the Premier League this season. Which, are we on for the record yet? I have no idea. Damn it, why do we not know this? That's got to be it. (laughs) Nine. I, yeah, I don't think it is. I think you would have heard a lot more about it going around if it was the record. Most Premier... 11 Premier League managers were sacked in 2015-16. We need two more sackings. It's not going to happen, surely. Wenger out. Who else would we need to go? It's obviously Pardew and... Pardew and Wenger. I yeah. can't believe that this isn't the record. Yes, I can, but I can understand I why that is kind of shocking. I've never paid enough attention yeah. to Premier League before or to football before. It's so to me, it seems astonishing. Yeah. Man United beat Liverpool and made me look like an idiot once again. Why? Because what did I, you say? I thought this was going to be a 2 0 win for Liverpool. Oh, well, and I definitely didn't think that. Man United did what they do under a, a Jose. It's just a classic, classic result, wasn't it? Like. Go on. Um, can we talk about Marcus Rashford? Yeah, go for it. So why is he why on? He was on because Pogba wasn't on? Uh, well, I think he was on because... Well, yeah, Martial's injured as well. He was ruled right. out, wasn't he? So there was late. just no one on. So they were like... So I guess, Rashford, yeah, on, I, off your pop. I guess it was kind of fortunate in a way because they ended up playing a different system to, to what they usually do. Right. Uh, so they had two deep midfielders of Matic and McTominay. So that meant they were doing a lot of a lot of sort of deep defending, and then Rashford just going for it, running forward while Lukaku was trying to win high balls. Yeah. Um. It, it looked like Lukaku kind of pinned Lovren essentially, and yeah, just made him look a bit of a fool. I think there are a lot of people kind of bemoaning Lovren. I, I've heard a million different people saying different things. Like some saying Chan should have helped him out more. Some saying you're gonna lose some headers. Trent Alexander Arnold should be in a better position. But I think ultimately Man United just they were clinical. They had two chances and they scored them both. Yeah. Whereas Liverpool didn't really create enough chances because they were already two goals down. Yeah. They had the one opportunity for Van Dijk, which he should have buried at one nil. And I think if that happens, it's a different game because yeah. Liverpool are back in it nice and early. And what about that when Mane went over and it should have been a penalty? Yeah, so they could have had a penalty. I think they could have had two. There was a the handball from Valencia, which for me. I thought it was quite clear handball. Um, his arm was down by his side, but he had a lot of time to see it. The the Mane one, I kind of, at first, when I saw it, I was kind of like, well, he's kind of, you know, Fellaini's, he's already standing there. He's standing his ground. But I do think, actually, he does impede Mane, ultimately. So they could have had a penalty, but they paid for, for giving away two goals. Yeah. And that was, that was all there was to it, really. Like, if you give a Jose Mourinho team that kind of a, a boost early on, like they're going to sit back and defend it with, with all that they can. And Lukaku, you reckon, is good for the rest of the season? Uh, yeah, so Man United are a team that are playing in the double game week. Man United are and a team. They are a team. And in that double game week, they play West Brom at home and West Ham away. And I think those are two games, if we look at the earlier part of the season, that those are the ones where Man United would have been running away with it, winning 4-0. Yeah. So... I really like those for the the look of, of that week, especially as we're now in this Kane sort of conundrum where it's like, yeah. oh, who do we swap him for? If yeah. you don't already have someone like Aubameyang. And so I this... believe Man United is still in the FA Cup, aren't they? So if yeah. they get knocked out against Brighton? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, it's Spurs who have Swansea, yeah. Um, if they get knocked out against Brighton, they'll be facing Bournemouth in that game at 35. But that's maybe a reason, if you're not going for the sort of 34, 35 uh, wild card, maybe bear that in mind and don't necessarily stack up on United players for that week. So FA Cup is this weekend. So we'll know by the end of this weekend... Yeah, who goes through and... Are there replays? Or is I it don't a, think you have so. To, I don't think so this round. I think you have to win, yeah. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think it's kind of early stages you have the, the replays on that. You don't need to worry about Kane's price. You can get Lukaku in easily. Mm. But then if you do go for Lukaku, there's less money to play around with exactly. elsewhere. So think about what you want to do in your midfield and do you want to have a, a more expensive defender... Uh, like we talked about, the, the run-in for Spurs is really good towards the end of the season. They play in the double game week, so always keep that in mind. But no, I don't think there's too much to worry about with Liverpool here. Liverpool, what we know is they don't have any uh, any fixtures in the... Well, they do play in the double game weeks, but they only play once. But, but they, do play, they play this week, and they also just have a really, really good run of fixtures. Yeah. So I think having three Liverpool players towards uh, all the way to the end of the season is... I can't see why you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Stoke Man City, the Monday night game. Aguero, dead. Dead, out of nowhere. And that was quite exciting because as as a, a bit of an Aguero hater, I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to worry about him scoring a million goals now. And like, I'm going to go to the end of the season with no Aguero all season. And I'm feeling pretty... The great betrayal. Pretty, pretty smug. Yeah. <laughs> No, this was uh, yeah, it was interesting to see Jesus get a start, and I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a, a conspiracy theory to be had here because I think Argentina are meant to be playing some friendlies, and obviously City have have Champions League to come up, and they're instead going away for a nice little break in Abu Dhabi, City with a very comfortable win as they always do, I guess against these sorts of teams. Mm. I was a bit annoyed because I, as mentioned earlier, I went for went for the Sane captain instead of David Silva and Silva got two goals and that, yeah. that was that I mean after that they were doing much like they were against Chelsea passing it back and forth between one another I got Gundogan on for a good five minutes yeah Sterling on though hello everybody yeah um, he's back yes City look like they're gonna win the league at Canter now I mean, they do play in the double game week as well. They've got Tottenham away and Brighton Hove Albion mm. at oh, home. So I guess the worrying thing is, so they're still in Champions League, hmm. right? Yeah, they are. So they want to win Champions League. Yeah. And I wonder what that means for rotation. Yeah. But I do think this could see players like Gundogan, players like Bernardo Silva becoming Laporte. more and more of a factor. Laporte. Like these are sorts Danilo. of Danilo, Danilo as well. These are sorts of players who uh, Jesus, of course. Like yeah. the the problem is we're not going to have enough time to spot the patterns. Yeah. So it's going to have to be you take a punt on yeah. maybe one of them, and I think Jesus is a good one for that because yeah. Unless Pep decides that he's going to have Aguero going for the golden boot and playing him every game, I think he's going to want to play his best striker in Europe, uh-huh. and that's that's going to be the thing for them because that's. They're not in the FA Cup anymore. That that's yeah. their last tournament besides the Premier League to go for. Yeah. And I think he'd love to win that. So, yeah, they're they're actually favourites to win win the Champions League as well. Oh, wild! Hmm. But no, I think you know going forward, Sane, Silva, uh, De Bruyne is the one who's who's kind of played every, basically every game this season. I and with Kane going out, like you can't afford him now. 
I don't believe potentially. De Bruyne is a fantasy option. Mm. I don't think it's worth tying your money up there. Yeah, I'd, yeah, it's it's hard to know. Like they do, they do share the points around so much, and David Silver has been a, a bit of a revelation this year. So he'd probably be the guy I'd I'd say you should be looking at yeah. at this this point. But and I don't think as well like you shouldn't forget about their defenders. Yeah, Otamendi. They're probably all really expensive now, apart from Stones, who's yeah. terrible. But yeah, Otamendi has proved that he is still kind of worth the money, especially if you invested it in early. Yeah. He got a bonus point the other day as well. He got two bonuses. He got two? Yeah. Right, so still not a bad shout. And we do wonder if, like with the Champions League, he's got to be rotated. Yeah. We will know after the weekend whether they play in game week 35, hopefully, because they're supposed to be playing Swansea, who are playing Spurs. All right. Edison, of course, as well, in goal, who's a little bit cheaper than the likes of Otamendi. Yes. Uh, Stoke, they're playing this week, aren't they? Yeah. Shaqiri is a must, I think, if... Regardless of what you're doing yeah. this week, um, whether you're free hit or whatever, I don't He'd know. It'd be a very easy transfer to make because of his price. 100%. And they're playing um, Everton at home. Yeah, you need Shakiri. Even in this game against Man City, like, Shakiri was the. He looked really good, yeah. Um, there was a bit where he started running and I was like there's no way a man like this in this of this stature can run. <laughs> and then he just went and It's I was still like, shocking you every game. Every time. Uh, Chelsea faced Crystal Palace and they won 2 1. Yeah, I think actually, upon reflection, that Chelsea were a bit average. They started really well. They could have scored a lot, but yeah, after the second half, well, when the second half began, they they looked a bit more in trouble. Mm. And uh, Van Aanholt with his second goal in two weeks, despite really yeah yeah he scored against United as well, didn't he? Um, so uh, yeah. yeah, Van Aanholt got another goal, and he's actually a Palace obviously playing this blank game week. Yes, a very good option, I think. And Zaha's back. Zaha back with the assist. Yeah. He's a very good assist as well. Like he, I mean, he was, this was actually the same score in reverse of what happened with Palace and Chelsea earlier in the season. I thought it was 1-0 on the last po- podcast. I checked and it was actually 2-1 to Palace oh. when they were at home. Good work. But Zaha was the key man in that that victory. So mm. I think you, you see a different Palace when they have Zaha, essentially. And yeah. I think they have a really good fixture, don't they? They're playing... Huddersfield? Uh, Huddersfield. Away from home. It's tough. You can see that one go either way. Yeah, I don't really know if where Palace plays makes that much difference. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't seem to be... They don't seem to be inconsistent in terms of performances. It's more their actual results. Exactly. Which is kind of the biggest issue. Um, Also, Serloth almost had his first goal. Twice almost had his first goal. Um, Poor man. It's only a matter of time. But William... Got another goal. Yeah. He's still looking brilliant. He loves to hit the post. And he's on. He's on now. He's nailed on. It looks like he's nailed. going to be as long as this form continues. Okay. Um, because Morata's been struggling. Oh Giroud God. finally got God. a start, which I'm glad to see. And uh, he could have had two goals. But I would actually give a little little shout out to Giroud there. Because I think he will... I've probably said it on the podcast before, but he's at, what, like 8.5 or something? He's pretty cheap. That sounds about right. Yeah. He's in the eight sort of range, and if he gets a, a constant run of eight point two, okay, if he gets a constant run of starts for Chelsea, I think he'll be a really good scorer for them. He was always a good scorer for Arsenal. He's the kind of player that, that really will fit that team well, especially with players nippy, sort of skillful players like Pedro, Hazard, and, uh-huh. and Willian to play around him. Uh, so I think he could be a good sort of differential shout. And again, another team that plays in the double game week, both away from home, but Southampton and Burnley. Not the worst fixtures in the world, oh. even though I love Burnley. Everton. 
Brighton. Good boys. Not good boys, Brighton. I'm very disappointed. I don't know. Um, I didn't expect Brighton to win this game. Hmm. I didn't realise Knockout had been sent off until I watched the highlights. I had no idea. (laughs) Did you watch the full game? No, 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 no. I was out. Right, okay, so... It's perfectly reasonable. But I didn't, that you re- I didn't see. I didn't yeah. realize. Like I didn't read it anywhere. It was quite late in the game, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was silly. So apparently, Knockout's been having some personal Issues. problems, which well, now he's got some time off, can, so yeah. he can deal with those. Yeah, like I, I heard this the other day that a lot of Brighton fans are kind of quite happy that he's got a band now, just to kind of calm him down. Yeah, yeah. So what well, it nails down Ithquieto's place. Surely. For sure. It was, I, I guess, Brighton, you know, they come up against Everton who are fairly okay at home. Yeah, this is it. Everton needed to win this yeah. to be like, we can still play football, I promise. Yes. And Brighton had had such a good month that yeah. I, you kind of look at it and you're like, eh, they and just had a, a bad game away yeah, from home. That's Brighton's it. form is at home. Still, yeah. Unless they're playing West Ham. Yeah. Everton, however... I've been waiting for this full-strength defence to return. <laughs> Coleman, Jagielka, Baines, Pickford. We're in. in the Lads, we are in. And look, look what it is fruitioned. Fruited. Fruit. Fruitioned. Look what it has created, let's say. A clean sheet. Amazing. Yay. Genuinely amazing. I really, yeah, I thought Brighton would at least score in this game. I'm really here for Baines. I'm here for Coleman. I love Coleman. I think... A lot of FPL veterans will, will look at Baines as like a cool nostalgia pick because he was always a guy who had the free kicks and the penalties. Exactly. He, he cost more than seven million in FPL once. Amazingly. That's mad. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's down to like 5.9 now. He's 5.6 now. Yeah. He started the season Coleman at is 6, 6.0. Yeah, and Coleman is 6.4 yeah. currently. Which so is he must have started at 6.5. Damn. Absolutely nuts. So Baines at 5.6, I'm into it. I'm not into it currently because I already have Pickford, so yeah. it doesn't really work for me and my system. But they're also not playing twice in the double game week. Well, that's fine, but they are playing this weekend. Yeah, that is true. So I've got Baines in my team for this weekend. Yeah. Um, a fun thing to note: um, <laughs> of six penalties this season that Everton have had, the three that were missed were taken by Wayne Rooney. That's not surprising at all, is it? And my favourite bit of the weekend was when Sam Allardyce was like, yeah, Wayne, he's off penalties now. Oh, really? Yeah, he said it on Match <laughs> of the Day, like in the, in the post-match. Yeah. So, Rooney's never been, like, a player who's particularly good at set pieces as well. There's he's, literally no reason for Wayne Rooney to be taken there. It's just because of who he is, and he's always been seen as, like, the talisman of the team. Yeah. Quick uh, aside... Okay, well then, before you do that... Okay, but the flip side to Wayne Rooney missing the penalty yeah. is Matt Ryan saving the penalty. Oh, of course. His second penalty save in three weeks. I can't wait for Australia to win the World Cup. So he saved, yeah, two penalties in the last four game weeks. Yeah, so a good win for Everton all in all. And they're yes. playing this week. So Yes, but the problem is to note also that everyone is pretty much dead. Um, you've got Rooney. Rooney is a forward in FPL. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So you've got um, Cenk Tosun, who I am looking at. Also Nias and Calvert-Lewin, but who knows if they're going to play, when they're going to play. Who yeah, knows that's not, I don't think they're starting anymore, are they? They're not I don't, well, Calvert-Lewin started two weeks ago. Oh my God, Nias don't, don't throw this in. The week before that, I think like it's you can't tell. But Sigurdsson and 
Gay and Schneiderlin and Walcott all dead. Yeah. Um, Sigurdsson was going to be my one Everton player this week. Right. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Um, Ashley Williams is obviously... He's rubbish. Awful. He's well sent and, off. Um, very sent off. So, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what they'll do in midfield. I guess they'll have to play Rooney. It's funny, though, actually, because obviously all of their defenders were out recently. Mm. And then as soon as they've got their defenders back... Everyone else gets in. Everyone in midfield is dead. It's because they're taking on the strain of the defence. Yeah. I don't know. I think that does actually make Everton look like an interesting prospect for... Who they playing Stoke mm. for them to beat this weekend? Because no. if they're missing a lot of their team, it doesn't bode too well. No. Last but certainly not least, well. an emphatic nil-nil. Yeah. Huddersfield thirty shots. Only Swansea, four. Zero. Four on target though. Only Huddersfield. four on target. That's pretty poor. They <laughs> thirty shots. They hit the post a few times, didn't they? And it, it, oh man. I think they were the sec- had the second highest tally of possession in, in all of Premier League history It was 81 well. percent or something. Yeah, like that's Man City levels of possession. You got to admire Swansea for getting a man sent off and just shutting it down. Well, I guess they they didn't really need to worry anything about it. They were just like, well, we're not going to score, but we've got everyone else on, so we'll just defend because that's yeah, all we yeah. know how to do without John Knight. Yeah, and a great a great <laughs> little cue for anyone who's he's brought in the likes of Fernandez and. Uh, Fabianski and Van der Horn, like even Mawson, you know, you did get yellow yellow cards. But yeah, it's hard to really draw too many conclusions from this because does it mean Huddersfield are wasteful? Does it mean Swansea are really, really good under Carvalhal? Which is kind of what it looks like to to me. So let's do a little Game Week 31 preview. Okay. So me and Natalie, we are both free hitting this week. Yeah. And we've got our teams to peruse. So the fixtures we have coming up, for those who were not already aware, these are all at three pm as apart well. Apart from the one that apart isn't. Apart from the one that isn't, uh, we have Bournemouth versus West Brom, Huddersfield versus Crystal Palace, Stoke versus Everton, and Liverpool versus Watford. We have a little bit of a situation here where obviously there are very few fixtures, and it's ultimately a case of thinking like, what what teams am I backing? So I've gone for a slightly I've gone for a slightly edgy vibe with this. So I'll go through my team quickly. So the Liverpool boys. Yes. I've got three of those, of course, because why wouldn't you? Yes. I've actually gone for a one attacker vibe. So I've got Salah, and he's currently the captain. I've gone for Van Dijk and Robertson at the back, because Robertson, attack and return potential, yeah, pretty good. And also Van Dijk, bonus point potential. I think this is the most nailed on clean sheet this week. They could still lose it, but seeing as Watford have scored like two goals away from home in the last however many games, and Liverpool are usually quite solid at home, I'm thinking it's my best bet of getting a couple of six-pointers there. So that was my reasoning behind that, yeah. Shall I tell you who I have from the same teams? Yeah, go for it. Let's do it like that. Okay, so I have... Who did you have? Salah? Yeah. So I always have Salah, and I've kept Firmino, but I've got rid of Van Dijk, and I've Mm. put Carrius in. Right, okay. Save points, presumably. Or just don't like Van Dyke. Don't like Van Dyke. I might change it. Um, what, back to Van Dyke or to someone else? To either Van Dyke or Robertson. I don't know. But mm. I do want to keep both Firmino and Salah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of people are going for the, the Mane, Salah, Firmino sort of combo, the big yeah. one attackers. But I think you are right about them, like the clean sheet being almost... Yeah. 
within grass. Yeah. So Watford, I have none. I have Kiko. Kiko Femenia, yeah. the boy. But I am going to... Bench him hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bournemouth versus West Brom. I have three Bournemouth players from this. And this is where I've gone heavy on the attack. I've gone for Stanislas. I've gone for a pretty strange one with Wilson and Defoe. So my reasoning behind this is West Brom are really shit. I think Wilson and Stanislas will most likely score. If Defoe comes off the bench, I think he'll also probably get at least a few chances to score. And I don't really like the look of the other strikers available this week, other than, of course, Firmino. So I thought, yeah, I'll go ahead go ahead and rig, rig these boys. So those are my three Bournemouth guys. So I also have Stanislas, but I have gone for Adam Smith as mm. my other... Defender. Yeah. Do you think how likely do you think a clean sheet is, or are you getting him for attacking returns as well? Um, bit of both. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would never rely on a defender to yeah. get attacking points, but um, it'd be nice if you got an assist. Yeah, not bad at all. But no, I do think that they could be on for a clean sheet. Yeah, it looks like Bournemouth will win that one. It's going to be a shocker now, and they're going to end up drawing nil nil or something. But I mean, maybe, mm. but then I'll still get some points. From yeah, yeah, true, true say. Unless yeah. he doesn't play or dies or something. Yeah. Uh, so from Palace, I have Zaha, and I've actually doubled up on the defence with Van Aanhal and Sacco, who I already have. I'm in two minds at this uh, with this at the moment because I'm not sure uh, the fixture is Huddersfield at home against Palace, and I'm not sure if I'm back in Huddersfield or Palace to win. Mm. And I've currently got that double because I'm like Van Aanhal might score if Sacco's back in the team. Palace usually do really well, but. I might actually switch to like a Pritchard Moy midfield instead of those. Um, so yeah, I have Fanano and Zaha. Mm. Yeah, Zaha looked really good the other day. I'm kind of hoping that that Huddersfield just can't score essentially. Mm. I did think about Benteke also, and I'd yeah. kind of forgotten until this match. I'm worried because Zaha came on for Benteke yeah. against Chelsea. Benteke, despite his fantasy league assists, he hasn't been very good at all. So I, I did look at him also, and I looked at. Sorlot, Sorlot. Um, oh yeah, so I'm thinking about him now. Yeah. So I might get him for Mounier actually. Yeah, I initially in my initial draft I had Mounier, but after seeing Huddersfield's failure to score the other day, I've I've kind of backed out on that one. But Huddersfield have to win, don't they? They do. Like so both teams pa- do. So do Palace, mm. and this is what makes it so hard to call. But I do think Sacco coming back into the side is a big, big bonus for Palace essentially. So if he does start, if he's fit enough to start. I think their defence is going to be a lot tighter than it has been. Okay. But yeah, who knows? Like, it's, it's really hard to call and I still might even switch out Zaha to Pritchard just for lols or whatever. Mm. Uh, I do actually have two Huddersfield players as well. Mm-hmm. Currently Moy sitting on the bench mm-hmm. and I have Lursel in goal. So actually a nil-nil here would be quite good for me because yeah. then I get the, the Van Aanholt, Sacco and Lursel yeah. points galore. I have Lursel too. Um, who I'm now thinking about playing instead of Carriers. Yeah. Um, and I have Van Lepara and Mounier. Yes. Um, neither of whom I'm going to play. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. This is the thing. There's so little choice that there's almost too much choice. Yeah. Because you, whichever teams you double down on, like you have to then have them get the result. Yeah. Essentially. Especially in defence. Like that's where it's even more of a problem. Yeah. But no, I, I think Lassell is definitely the the sort of sexy pick this week if you're going to look at anyone as that because he's the kind of guy that on his day he's just a brilliant goalkeeper mm. and makes a lot of saves and yeah you could totally see Palace being really profligate in front of goal and him having a stormer and him saving a penalty or something yeah 
So I really like the look of him. And this is penalties. I haven't got Milivojevic. Oh. I took him out. Well, imagine that. Imagine Milivojevic missed the freaking penalty. And I've thought about it a lot. I don't know what to do. I've taken. Oh man, this week's going to be so exciting though. I'm really hyped for it. Shakiri from Stoke. Yes. At home against Everton. Definitely. We both mentioned that. He's he's the obvious pick. I've got Zuma third on my bench at the moment. Okay. I don't think I'm going to play him. I was thinking about maybe one Palace defender, one Stoke one. But I just have this feeling that Everton are going to score, whatever happens. I also have Tosin on my bench. And I'm just like, I think it might happen. But you don't think Tosin's going to score? No, so... So you think Everton are going to score? Okay, yeah. So you don't let, let, let me clarify. It's but not, you don't think it's not that I think he's definitely going to score. Okay. It's just that I feel like that is a fairly plausible scenario okay. in that I'm not willing enough to take the risk on a Stoke clean sheet because I also have Butland as my, my bench goalkeeper. And yeah, I, I just don't trust Stoke enough really, even though even though Everton's away form is bad, they have still been getting like one goal on the on the odd occasion, so so that's kind of and it. Tyson scored in the last two. Yeah, exactly. So. So he's the only Everton player you have. He is, yeah, and he's second on my bench. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I have Shakiri and Bauer, and I have Tosin and Baines. Hmm. I'm definitely playing Tosin. Definitely playing Shakiri. It's going to be a toss up between whether I play yeah. Baines or Bauer. Because you essentially unless, want one of them to score regardless. Unless I start Lursel, and then get rid of Carrius for someone else, yeah. probably Butland. And then I put Robertson in, and then I'll play him instead of Bauer. Or yeah. Bauer. Well, I'll probably get him in for Bauer, and then I'll have Baines on the bench. Yeah. I mean, that honestly, that's the only reason I don't have Carrius, is just because I think it's easier to, to have like a Huddersfield goalkeeper than it is to have a Huddersfield defender, Huddersfield defender yeah. in terms of like your, your odds of getting a decent score from them. Yeah, I think you're right. Also, I think it's important to know that even if you're not free hitting this week, yeah. if you're not free hitting this week, you don't need to, I don't think you need to worry about having a full starting 11. Hmm. I wouldn't... Especially because then what are you going to do next week? Yeah. And what are you going to do in the in the double game week? Yeah. Um, you should be building towards those weeks yeah. rather than worrying so about So I wouldn't week. worry about having more than nine players starting. Hmm. If you've got nine, eight or nine, yeah. then you're absolutely fine, yeah, so I'd I, say. I actually heard some kind of... Um, I was listening to another fantasy podcast this morning and just heard... That this this particular guy had been building towards this this week rather than thinking about a free hit, and actually it's cost him a lot of points because he's brought in guys like Walcott and guys who haven't really been returning in these yeah. these weeks building up to it, and it seems like the problem for for people a lot of people who have been doing that is they've actually filled their team with duds when they could have just filled them with duds for one week yeah. and hoped for the best. And although I understand the logic behind not going crazy and then not being able to field a full team in game week 35 I just feel like it's going to be a lot easier to field a full team in game week 35 as long as you keep an eye on who is going to be playing in that yeah. week and you'll know by the end of the weekend yeah yeah so it's a, a lot, lot easier time to plan exactly and you can even incorporate that into your wildcard maybe like or, or just your transfer plans in general so maybe when are you wildcarding game week 33 I'm probably doing it after the free free hit to be so honest so 32 yeah yeah it seems like a good time actually over those internationals maybe to wildcard to avoid too many price drops for guys like Lingard who I've already lost a lot of money on. I don't know, I might even consider keeping him still but with Kane gone I can't really see that being the case. Righto. Ben Dinnery has some words about Kane. Oh, that is just what we needed. Um, he says, 
it's always difficult to give the time frame without knowing the precise details um, of the the injury. Yeah. Um, pain and swelling mobility will determine progress during rehab. A high sprain uh, is likely to mean four to six weeks out. Yeah. Um, if tests reveal bone damage and surgery is not required, then Kane is likely to wear a removable cast, which typically has a timeline of six to eight weeks. Given that this is his third injury within the last 18 months, if he suffers further damage to the right angle, he'd expect him to undergo, to undergo right surgery angle. at some point. To the right <laughs> angle. <laughs> to 90 degrees. Not to the wrong angle. <laughs> so, basically, that's inconclusive, but it means he's going to be out for at least a month. Probably more. Very likely more. So, yeah. Kane out. At least it makes it fun and exciting. Yeah. Shall we do a little clean sheet cup? Yeah, so... I know it's sort of screwed up this week with Spurs. Absolutely zero points all round uh, on the clean sheet cup. What did you go for? I went for Leicester. Oh, yeah. Which you mocked you me for. And then it doesn't actually look that silly. And Pip went for a Newcastle-Southampton nil-nil. Yeah, he was wide of the mark there. He got one of the nils, right? But oh, not yeah. both of them. Oh, God. Who do I say is it dick move if I go for Liverpool? No. I'm going to say Liverpool then. Okay. I'm going to say Bournemouth. Oh, all right. I think we are coming to the end of our podcast. It has been a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think we're going to be back until after the international break. Yeah, so two weeks' time we'll be back. Because essentially, we can't predict what kind of shit that's going to throw up. What kinds of injuries maybe Kane will end up playing for England somehow and getting a double injury I don't know so until then yeah so you can email us um, we'll probably just respond to you like rather than doing it on the podcast unless it's something that, that particularly comes in into focus around the time we do the next podcast where, where can I email you where can you email us well what a great question I'm glad you asked it hello at the denalysis.com you can also follow us on Twitter at the denalysis We've done some tweeting there. Yeah. We've done... Actually, um, I gave the people some incredible advice um, upon the news that Joe Hart would be starting for West Ham at the weekend. I implored everyone to get both Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes in. <laughs> and it, w- it would have been the best transfer move you could have made it's this week. It's one of those things where I'm like, I wish I just took my own advice. Yeah. Um, we've done some good retweets recently as well. I yeah, if you do enjoy our tweets, what you can also do... Just rate and subscribe to our podcast. If you like our tweets, then just give us a give us a five star on Apple Podcasts. Give us a, exactly. Naturally. That's a natural transition that. It really is. Um yeah, find us on Apple Podcasts, obviously the Denalysis. And give us a little little five star rating, little thumbs up, maybe even a little review if you're feeling extra generous. But only if you're feeling extra generous. From myself and Natalie, I'm sure, we wish you the best of luck in Game Week 31 and beyond. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye. Peace up, 8 down.